Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, this podcast, before I get into that, my name is Michael Bath, and this podcast is an extension of my YouTube channel. It's an extension of my love of Porsche. That's right, my love of Porsche. So we're a Porsche-centric type channel here. We talk about all things Porsche, uh, not just 911s, but we do just talk about all things Porsche. Uh, the last couple of episodes, if you've been listening, um, if you haven't, check them out. Uh, they're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, everywhere, basically, Podbean, all the main, all pretty much every podcast uh, supplier, podcast host, or whatever you call it, uh, you can find the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, just do a search in Google, and it will come up uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, so the last few podcasts, we've been having uh, conversations with uh, my friend Steve. Steve is a uh, Porsche owner, a Porsche enthusiast, and a good friend of mine from um, Sydney, Australia. He currently drives a 997 GT3, uh, but he's owned 964s and 993s as well. Um, but if you haven't listened to those last two episodes, have a listen. Uh, I will be recording another episode with Steve uh, this evening. I'm in Bahrain. He's in uh, Australia, in Sydney, Australia. Uh, I do these recordings with him uh, in the evening. So I'm going to do another recording with him this evening. And that will be loaded up. Uh, it probably won't be loaded up until next week, probably next Monday or Tuesday. Uh, what I'm going to try and do uh, going forward is I'm going to try and do two episodes a week again, which is what I keep promising you guys, and I only deliver one. Uh, but I'm going to try and do two episodes a week. Um, one may be without Steve and one may be with Steve, or they might be both with Steve, depending on the time we have and depending if we can uh, coordinate each other's uh, schedules. Um, but this one, you've got me. I'm just talking today, so we're back to the uh, original format. Uh, no conversations, so you're going to have to listen to my voice for the next uh, 30, 40 minutes or so, depending on how long I can talk for. Uh, I hope you enjoy this podcast, uh, but welcome back. And once again, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has followed this podcast and everyone's been listening to the podcast. Uh, the uh, results, uh, the um, feedback so far and and everything has been fantastic. Uh, you guys are really supporting the uh, podcast channel, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, so thank you for that. Um, if you have any questions or you have anything you'd like us to, to discuss on the podcast, uh, especially when Steve's here and we're, when we're chatting together about, about the 911 or the 997, as we both own a 997, as you know, he owns the uh, GT3, white GT3 uh, 997.1, a very, very cool car. And I own the 997 Carrera. Uh, if you check out P997.1 on Instagram, you'll see lots of pictures of my car if you haven't been there already. Um, Steve doesn't tend to post on Instagram, so you won't see many pictures of his car. But you will see his car on my Instagram. So if you go to my Instagram, you will see it. Uh, this is uh, Porsche Cooled also has its own Instagram, which is just simply Porsche Cooled, one word. Uh, if you just do a search for that, it's on Instagram. Uh, lots of great pictures of Porsche. Uh, Porsche 911s predominantly, but lots of pictures of Porsche. So um, we also have that Instagram. So please uh, follow if you haven't been there already and say hi. Um, but if you have any questions, uh, please uh, send me a DM. The links to the Instagram are in this podcast. Send us a DM and ask us what you would like to talk about, what you would like us to talk about on the podcast. Uh, we're happy to um, take questions or discuss things that you guys are interested in. So now we're over and done with that. What's been happening this week? Well, this week has been a little bit of a mix-up here for me in Bahrain. 
the company we work for, unfortunately, has had positive COVID-19 cases in their office. Uh, luckily, I haven't been working from the office and I've been working from our home here in Bahrain. Um, so <coughs> hopefully we have not been in contact with it. But quite a few people from the office have tested positive, so that's not a good thing. Um, the parts that I ordered, uh, you guys will remember that I've ordered some parts for my 997 Carrera. I've ordered some leather parts. Um, I'm going to talk about those sort of things in this in this podcast, but we're going to talk about them more in depth with Steve in the next podcast. Uh, so that's a good one coming up. Like I said, that's coming up, uh, which will be probably early next week. It'll go live. Um, but I found out today that my parts are being made. They're in process. Uh, I just got an email from Design LS in UK. Um and my sun visors have been done, so that's one thing done. So I'm pretty excited about that. The leather sun visors, uh, a little bit of decorative cross stitch on one side and then just plain stitch on the other as per the OEM uh, specifications. So they're, they're done and my other parts are being made. Um, uh, we're off to London. My wife and I are off to London on um, what day? In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to London. Unfortunately, when we get to London, we're going to have to quarantine, which is a bit of a hassle, but we are going to London. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to catch up with some people in London when I'm there and hopefully do some more Porsche filming, more Porsche podcasts, uh, you know, just keep it up. So that's that's the plan. Uh, I'm not sure how hopefully London doesn't get worse with the COVID-19 thing, but we are off to London just for a break from Bahrain. Um, what else? My obsession with the 912, it's still here. Unfortunately, today I looked at a... a I found an Instagram post that someone was doing seats for the 912. I think it was Patrick Motorsports. Has anyone heard of that, Patrick? I'm going to have to find it now because I need to tell you guys what it actually is. I think it was Patrick Motorsports. Let me just find it. I'm just checking through my Instagram, so excuse the, uh, excuse the silence while I check. Uh, what is the website? Uh, M. Laszlo 944. It's got Patrick Motorsports and it's pictures of a seat which he's putting in a 912. It's actually made my obsession with the 912 even greater by seeing this seat. Uh, the seat is called Cobra. It's a Cobra seat. Have you guys heard of that? Uh, it comes in standard black leather, but they've customized it like it's singer style with um, studs and things like that and then gingham. I'm probably getting off the track, but I'm basically saying what I'm saying is that my obsession with the 912 is is still there. It hasn't gone away. Um, I also saw a really good post on Gary from Classic FX. Classic F FX is in the UK. If you need any um, upholstery done in the UK, you should check out Gary. He's very, very good. Uh, he's got a picture of a, a 69912, and the 69912 is the one that I'm actually after. The 69.912 is the long wheelbase version. So as I've said in, uh, before, it's two and a half odd inches longer. So what's that? Two and a half, five, what is it? Seven, seven centimeters longer or something like that than the uh, standard short wheelbase. Um, with the 9.12, you have 65 to 69 in the 9.12. I've read that the 68s aren't as good because of the emissions regulations they had to go through in the US. I'm not sure whether that's true. Uh, I like the idea of the 69. Uh, someone on YouTube told me there were three for sale in Australia. I realized there was two. I didn't realize there was three. Uh, there's another green one that came up for sale in Australia, uh, which has been slightly optioned in the way I wouldn't like it. I like the ones with the steel wheels. But if you have a look at the one on uh, Classic FX Porsche, uh, which is Gary's site, 
He's done the interior of one with like a Czech sort of insert, tan leather, black dash, and it's also green as well. It's the Irish green, which is really, really nice. Um, so the more pictures, I think it's a post actually about air conditioning where you can get um, classic retrofit air conditioning system. You can get it fitted to a 912. And I noticed the gear knob is also a wood, uh, the wood gear knob as per the Spider, not Spider. what is it? Carrera GT as per the uh, Porsche racing cars. Um, Steve actually, uh, who you all know from the podcast, he actually got that wood gear stick for his 997 um, GT3. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next podcast, but he actually did get one of those from, uh, now I don't know how to pronounce it. It's, it's the guy in Poland, Carbon or Carbon, um, C-A-R hyphen B-O-N-E, which is a really good site, which I'll talk about a little bit in this episode. But we will also talk more about it in the next episode. But anyway, seeing these pictures from uh, M. Laszlo944, which is Patrick Motorsports, his is also a green one in the background, which they're working on. I like it when it doesn't have the hubcaps where you can see the bolts on the wheels. Uh, I think the 912 is a really, really good one to get. And I'm still searching it. and I'm still trying to work out a way to do it. Uh, I still like the idea of getting one from the US that only costs... You know, if it only costs 30000 I say only, but if it costs 30000 that's not bad to get it sent to Australia with the shipping and the, G, uh, the tax that's added on. It doesn't end up being too much money. Um, even if it's not fully drivable to begin with, at least the base is there, and at least then I can start uh, customising it and making it better, restoring it, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, I do really like the idea of the slate grey colour, the slate grey, which is always a... Uh, uh, paint a sample or PTS color for GT3s, uh, new, new 911s. Uh, the colors I like, I like the Irish green. Uh, I like the slate gray. Uh, most slate grays have been repainted, though. It obviously that when people had the slate gray, they didn't think it was cool enough. Um, and I quite like the orange. I know that's crazy, but I actually quite like the uh, tangy kind of orange color that it comes in the 912. Most important for a 912, though, is, you know, um, matching numbers, uh, reasonably okay mechanically. Inside, you can get it fixed. Uh, it's a pity I'm not based in the UK, and it's a pity the cars to go to Australia because I would use um, I would use uh, Gary for his uh, for his work at Classic FX. Uh, his work is amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. I would use him, but I guess if I bought a car in the UK, I could get it done in the UK and then send it. But um, we'd have to see what happens there. Like I said, UK prices, Europe prices on the 912, if you're looking at them and you go through all the classic car sites, they're very expensive. Um, a lot of these cars come from the US and they're shifted they're shipped from California, whether it be from Beverly Hills Car Club or Offbring a Trailer, and then the price just goes up, you know, 50% once they hit Europe. They're, people just, they're just crazy prices. I saw one the other day, a 912, a 69912 for 78, €79,000. Uh, which is, I think, is just way, way too much, way, way too much. Anyway, this is not about the 912. Uh, well, it kind of is. It kind of is. It's kind of about every every model of the 911. Um, so that's my week. That's where I've been. Uh, I have exercise to keep me sane. Luckily, our building has a gym, and I've been exercising regularly, so that's the best part about it. But I read something. I wasn't going to do a podcast today. Like I said, I was going to record the one with uh, Steve tonight, and then we were going to put that one up. But I've done this because I thought... This is a good lead-in to the one with Steve anyway. So, uh, Steve, if you're listening, that's why I'm doing this one. Uh, it's a bit of a lead-in to ours, uh, which I'll tell you tonight, but um, I might put this up today so you may already listen to it. 
But I read a really good quote. Uh, I read it on, um, I think it was the New York Times, actually. I think it was the New York Times, and it was an article about, um, I don't think I've saved, yeah, it was the New York Times. New York Times, and it was called The Car You Buy Because You Love Driving. And it was an article, uh, it was a basically a um, basically a review of the 2021 Turbo, 911 Turbo S. But there was a really good quote in it, and I think, uh, I think it's it's a good one. And uh, it's quoted by someone called Mr. Strauss. I don't know who Mr. Strauss is. I should look it up, but I, I just copied this quote, just wanted to tell you guys. Porsche is the car you buy because you love driving. Uh, the owners care about the experience more than the image, the way they look in the car. All right. So I thought about that quote and I thought, well, that's, that's an interesting quote. And I want to... I want to talk about the cost of options on a Porsche, the cost of going crazy on a Porsche, the, 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 the variety and the amount, the sheer amount of options that new Porsches have. And I want to go back to that quote because Porsche is the car you buy because you love driving. The owners care about the experience more than the image, the way they look in the car. Just keep that in mind. We'll come back to that. Um, so this article also had a little uh, some stats in there, which I thought were quite interesting as well. Porsche's record uh, 256,000 global sales last year. I'm guessing this is for 2019 because it's a 2020 article. Remain a blip in the VW Group's 10.8 million total. Yet the brand earned a staggering 4.75 billion operating profit, an average of about 18.500 US dollars, 18.500 US dollars per car. For 16.6% net profit, the tops every mass market automaker. So the profit of every Porsche car is higher than any other automaker. And it's only 18,500 US dollars per car. Uh, the brand's blue chip value, including a, at resale, is highlighted by another impressive statistic. Very important. More than 70% of all Porsches ever built are still on the road. And since 1964, more than a million 911s have been made. 70% of all Porsches are still on the road. And I think that's what is important. And I think this is what drives what I'm kind of going to touch on today. Uh, the market out there. The Well, let's go back to when you buy a new Porsche, right? Uh, the cost of options of a Porsche. As we know, every generation of the 911, and this is the same with every every part of the Porsche range. I mean, whether it be Macan or a Cayenne or, or Taycan or whatever it is. Uh, but let's just talk about, let's just concentrate purely on 911s here. Um, Porsche adds more and more options each generation, more and more things that you can add to the price of your Porsche, which goes up every year, and more and more things you can add that, you know, which is expensive. Any new tech, anything that has a new name to it, whether it be GPS, uh, cruise control or whether it be you know gps auto uh, front lift on your 911 all these things have these fancy names and they all become very very expensive especially when they're new tech new technology um you know and then you've got things where you know you know we've all gone through the configurator late at night we've all sat there and <clears throat> and gone to the 911 gt3 or the or the 911 the new 911 carrera s and spec'd it out to the way we want it and the scary thing is when you see the price of the options add up and you see how much you're paying for an option. Uh, it, it's not for, any, for when you see how much you're paying for every option that you select. 
And the question is, do you really need them? You know, this is the thing. Do you really need these options? We go back to that thing, you know, owners care about the experience more than the image, the way they look in the car. Well, the experience, is the experience made any better by having more expensive cruise control? Is the experience made any better by having better LED lights instead of just the standard ones? Is the experience made any better by having, you know, uh, more interior lighting? Is the experience made any better by having, you know, all these add-ons that are offered to you by Porsche? Or is it, should it just be simply the experience? The experience is the driving. The experience is, you know, of course, the transmission, the brakes, you know, um, it's, it's about the drive. Of course, we all like to have a great color and the color is important, but do we need all these other options? I mean, when you go back to Porsche years ago, and of course we're talking about, you know, a long, long time and things have changed, but the options available were very small. There wasn't many options to choose from, you know? You might have optioned Fouche wheels. You might have optioned, you know, uh, tinted glass. You might have optioned, you know, very basic things, leather instead of leatherette. Uh, not a lot of options to choose from. But it's quite scary. Uh, I read another article on a car site. I can't remember the name. And it was about, you know, if you fully spec out the new Cayman GTS. And the Cayman GTS, the new one, is is apparently very, very good. The 4.0 engine, uh, no longer turbo, uh, naturally aspirated. Uh, I think it's not the GT3 engine. It's GT4. Just It's, it's, it's Carrera S engine, I think. No, it couldn't be Carrera S because Carrera S is turbo. I thought I read it was a Carrera S. Anyway, the Cayman GTS engine is a 4.0 naturally aspirated. Um, but basically, this article, all they were doing is they were specking out, they were going on the configurator, and they were picking every conceivable option you could have for a Cayman GTS. At the end of it, the price of this Cayman GTS, and it was in US dollars, came out to be the price almost of a 911 Turbo. Now, that's when it gets a little bit insane. Let's be honest, it gets a little bit insane. Um, of course, we know this already. We know this happens. It's happened for many years now with Porsche. Uh, it doesn't stop people optioning their, their 911 or Porsche to the max. You know, people keep going and people keep doing this. And, and Porsche obviously make a lot of money out of this. Um, but where does it end? And, you know, if it's about the experience, do we really need all this extra stuff? Do we really need to have all this extra stuff? Is it purely bragging rights? Is it purely, well, I'm going to spend 100, 150,000 US, so I may as well spend another 50,000 US on options? Is that what it is? Is it is it the 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 justification to people that that you know we've we've spent so much already? What's another 50,000 US? Well, it's actually quite a lot. <laughs> you know, it's actually quite a lot. You could buy a new 911, and you could buy an old air cooled 912 for 50,000 US. Um, so it does actually, it is a lot of money. Um, and let's be honest, when you sell this car, this car that you've fully optioned, and sure you might, I'm not saying you might not enjoy it a little bit better if it's got full leather interior, etc. but you sell this car and you never get back what you put into it. Let's be honest, you're not going to get back in a new 911 the cost of these options. Sure, we know when you sell a car, uh, if you have certain options, it will make the car sell more quickly. It'll make the car more attractive. Um, it may not necessarily get you a large 
uh, increase in cost over one that is an option. But of course, it will be the one that people will want first. It'll be the one that probably sells first. Um, but it doesn't mean you're going to make a lot more money or make your money back on what you've put into it. Uh, and I think that's very, very important. You know, I know when I was looking for my 911, you know, I was still looking for certain things. I was looking for certain options. I would have liked to have had the Corona pack. Mine didn't have it. Do I need it? Probably not. Uh, I don't really miss it. I don't think I need it in the base Carrera. I don't think it adds anything to my experience. Um, you know, would I have liked leather interior? Yes, I would have liked leather interior. But very few new 911s in Australia were specced with full leather interior. Um, so, you know, there's all that extra stuff that you don't really need. Uh, you don't really need it. And sure, Porsche likes to push it. You know, the cost of options really, I think the cost of options, it, it doesn't pay you back in the experience. It doesn't actually give you uh, anything extra. Um, and I think that when you're, you know, when you're searching for a 911, I get lots of questions, you know, because of my YouTube channel as well and and that. I do get questions from people like, you know, uh, asking me about the 997 and asking me about things and that. Um, but I think, you know, when you... I think because Porsche has such a strong heritage and such a strong history and the passion of the owners, it what it's created is it's created this market and this OEM, you know, official manufacturer, aftermarket or artisan specialist who's, you know, using Porsche materials like, you know, um, FX in UK, like uh, Design LS that I'm getting my leather done in the UK, like Exclusive Option, like Carbone uh, in Poland. All these people, you know, they're all... They're all providing a service, an aftermarket service, which in some ways is more exciting and more interesting to do than to spec your Porsche out fully in the beginning. And maybe I'm talking about 996, 997s, and maybe people didn't spec their 996, 997s out, excuse me, to, to such a degree. So then you come to today where a lot of people are wanting to improve their car. Um, and this is also with air-cooled as well. And this is what is really, really nice and really enjoyable about <coughs> Porsche ownership, especially when you have a Porsche that's not a new Porsche. When you go out and buy your 997 and it's your first 911, or you go out and buy a 996 that needs a bit of work, it's okay that it needs a bit of work because there are so many people, and I'll go back to my other podcast, so many guys, you know, you got to have a guy for everything. And with Porsche, there really is a guy for everything. And some, you know, it takes you a little while to find these guys, but eventually... You know, everyone has a guy. Everyone knows about who you can use. Uh, there's familiar people, common people that most people use, uh, whether it be for your 911, you know, like uh, exclusive option for leather bar parts, uh, Design LS, who's quite unknown, but in the UK, who's known in the UK for leather parts, uh, Carbone for little extra accessories. And then you've got OEM suppliers like Suncoast Parts in the US, which a lot of people use, Design 911 in the UK, which I use, Pelican Parts. So you've got all these, these avenues, and that's just some of the. And then if you want, you know, wrecked parts, you can go to LA Dismantler, who has like so many parts for so many 911s that you can just get, you know, used parts. If you need a leather part, which I did for my 911, uh, I got the console blades in leather from, uh, from LA Dismantler. For very little money, very little money, and in perfect condition. Um, so there's so many avenues, there's so many places where you can get something special to, you know, make your 911 that little bit better. Make it better than what it was when it was spec'd. Now, 
you know, um, and the thing is, it's, it's really, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that it's really part of the Porsche journey. It is really something that's very exciting. And it's something that, you know, I talk to people about it every day, um, that everyone enjoys doing things with a night with a 911, uh, leather parts, simple leather parts, you know what I mean? Simple leather parts, which mine are in process that I'm getting from, uh, uh, design LS in the UK, uh, who does fantastic work, by the way, check out his Instagram. Um, I could have got them from exclusive option in the U S um, design 911 design LS, sorry, is a little bit lower in price, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but it was just easier for me to order from the UK because I can get them sent to the UK. Um, and I don't have any problems with tax when they enter Australia because I've got to take them back to Sydney. Um, but then, you know, in my research for the 912, I've come across so many sites, so many people that are doing things for for old 911s and 60s to 70s and 911s and 912s. Um, Sierra Madre, I think it's called, or Sierra Madre, I think that's what it's called. They have reproduction parts, you know, so many parts for the for the 912. Um, and like I said, Gary at Classic FX, uh, he does so many 912s. There was one for sale on Classic Cars in the UK that he'd done a, a champagne yellow one, which was beautiful. And then you've got the Coco Mats. You know, Coco Mats is the original supplier of mats, so you can buy these things aftermarket. And then there's, uh, what's the other company? Stoddard for all the early Porsche parts. You know, there's so many, so many places. And then if you live in the US, you've got the, the benefit of these engine guys, you know, these, these passionate engine guys that, that just, just make your Porsche run, your air-cooled Porsche, your early 356 or your 911 or your 912, that can just tweak it and make it that little bit better. Um, uh, Will Hoyt, I think it's called, Will Hoyt, who Spike first and always says is really good uh, because he, they take their cars there. Uh, Polo Motors, uh, which I know a guy in Australia had a um, has a black 912 who got his engine done at Polo Motors. And then you've got Rod Emery, you know, the, the pinnacle. If you want a 356 Outlaw, get Rod Emery to do one. But, you know, you probably need 300000 US dollars. Um, I think I heard Will Hoyt talk about if you bring a 356 to him, make sure you give it a year because that's how far in advance he's booked out and make sure you have around 150000 to fix the engine. But when you get the end of it, not, not just affects the engine to actually restore the car with the engine. But, you know, like, is it worth it? I think it is worth it. And it keeps these cars on the road. And it goes back to that, that original thing that I was just reading at the beginning of this podcast. More than, more than 70% of all Porsches ever built are still on the road. And I think that's what's really exciting about owning a Porsche. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes us feel so passionate about it. You know, and I know I started this about the cost of options of Porsche, but my point is, if you want a 911, you don't need to have all those options. You know, you just need the 911. In years to come, if you want things done to your car, if you want things added, and I'm not sure about the more modern cars actually, but you know, if you want things added, you know, look at me with the 997. You know, it didn't have OEM wheels. I got the OEM wheels. The exhaust wasn't a Porsche sports exhaust. I got a Fister sports exhaust. Not OEM, but like OEM and sounds fantastic. You know, the leather inside my cabin, there's no leather. So now I'm getting leather parts done. I'm getting the sunroof console part done. I'm getting, you know, the the visors done. I'm getting other little bits and pieces done, which I'm going to talk to uh, talk about with Steve in the next podcast. But there's so many things you can do, and it's so exciting. 
Uh, and that's what's great about owning a Porsche. It's the passion. It's the people that are working on them. It's the people that provide the service. Um, you know, there's a few in Australia. There's a lot in the US, of course, around California. There's quite a few in the UK, a uh, few I've mentioned. And it, it's a great community to be a part of. And, you know, it, it's it's a really good thing to read that 70% of all Porsches are still on the road. I think that's what's great about it. And I think it's that passion that we, we all share and we're all... Uh, enjoying you know we're all enjoying it and i think that's what's that's what's great about porsche ownership it really is and i've met so many people uh not through this podcast but just through my youtube channel and just through owning the 997 and and you know just sharing information that you have and i think that's what's great about porsche ownership um you know so back to the original quote porsche is the car you buy because you love driving and I think that's very true. And I think we have to remember that point. And when you're about to buy your new GT3 or your new Carrera S, if you want one, you don't need all the options. You just need the 911. Uh, if you want things in year to come, you could do it. You just pick a few key things. You don't need to take all of them. You don't need to push the price of your, your 911 Carrera S into GT3 territory. You don't need to push the price of your Cayman into 911 or 911 Turbo. Uh, you know, prices, you just need to be smart and you just need to remember that it's, that it really is about the experience. It's about the driving experience. You don't necessarily need all those uh, technical toys. Uh, and I think that's why now I've got back to the idea of getting a air-cooled 911. And originally I was thinking 993, 964, but I actually want to go back all the way to the, to close to the beginning which is why I'm looking at the 912. Uh, 911s in that year, in that sort of 65 to 69 are way too expensive. 912s are still reasonably affordable, not for very long. But I like the idea, as I said in, I think, one of my earlier podcasts, a few back before I was doing the ones with Steve, is that <clears throat> it's okay to drive slow. I'm actually kind of liking the fact about driving a little bit slower and enjoying the experience. It doesn't mean I don't want a 997 GT3. It doesn't mean I'm going to sell my 997 Carrera. But I just want something different. I want to feel that experience. And the 912, I think, will give that experience. Um, I don't know whether it's going to happen. I hope it happens. I hope I can afford to do it. Um, but for me, that's that's how I'm thinking at the moment. Uh, so the kind of that's... I hope this, this podcast isn't too scattered, but it's kind of like what I've been thinking. And I'm just talking out loud to you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, but I think about that's I think that's about it for today. Uh, I'm getting model for words now, so I probably should uh, finish this podcast. I'd just like to say thank you very much for listening. Um, and if you have any questions, please just send me a DM on the Instagram, uh, Porsche Cooled or uh, Michael.bath or P997.1. They're the three Instagrams I have, but Porsche Cooled is probably the best one to send it to because it's uh, relevant to this podcast. Um, I think that's about it for today. Like I said, I'm going to record a episode later this evening, uh, about 10 o'clock my time, uh, with Steve in Australia. And Steve and I are going to continue on with this conversation, but in a different, in a different direction, a slightly different direction. But we're going to talk about his car, we're going to talk about my car, and we're going to talk about uh, people that we've used and the the key options for the 997, the key things, the key. I call it mods, but it's not really mods, but the key things you can do to make your 997 just that little bit better. 
that's the whole point of the next podcast. But anyway, thanks for listening today. I really appreciate all the support. Uh, this is Michael Bath, and this is the Porsche Cool Podcast. Um, we'll talk very soon. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.